for those of you that catch us every Friday, we're going to be taking two weeks off for administrative purposes. But don't worry, because we'll be back the week after that uh, for the next episode of The Last Train. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for episode 10 of The Last Train Podcast. Uh, It's a collection of conversations from a group of friends trying to share our thoughts and opinions about some things we see in the world that we feel matter. We never really know where we're going to end up, but uh, we like to follow that train of conversation and uh, hopefully learn a few things about ourselves. We hope you enjoy the show today. If you joined us last week for episode nine, we had a conversation regarding Margaret Heffernan's idea of the willfully blind. Um, It featured us sort of reflecting on certain situations in our own lives where we are confronted with the right thing to do, but choose to do otherwise. It led us to this place where we were able to reflect on our own freedom and come to the realization that we're not powerless and that we, in fact, in, in whatever degree of society you find yourself in, you can act. Uh, definitely check that out wherever you're listening to us. And with that said, we'll start today's episode. At first glance, beauty seems to be a central guiding principle in our lives, a way in which we define our aesthetic experience with each other and the universe. It's very much something that brings people and communities together, from things like dances and festivals of color to introspective films about the human condition and exhibitions of nature. But in an era where beauty is extremely commodified and perhaps economically manipulated, it begs the question of if we need to alter our notion of beauty or even doubt if beauty, as we once understood it, is on its way out. That's why we decided to call this episode, Beauty is Dead. My name's Toby. I'm joined here by Yanu and Juliana and DT. Hey guys. And we're going to talk about beauty. Does that sound fun? Let's do it, fam. Yeah. It's something I'm faced with every day in the mirror, so. <laughs> it's, it must suck to be beautiful. Yeah, it seems relatable topic. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but but <laughs> I don't know how I move forward from Just there. Kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess like, I'm, I, you know, trying to search for examples where we can relate to beauty from an emotional place because oft, oftentimes um, when we talk about things that we find beautiful. Okay, so let's talk about like attraction and, you know, somebody, you, you find somebody really attractive, mm. right? At first glance, maybe they have like a square jawline and it's very symmetrical. Oh, yeah. I don't know why people talk about like having a symmetrical face, like what? aren't all faces symmetrical, but I guess like we just find like symmetry, like fascinating as people. There's a bunch of science about it. You find yeah. out when yeah. you see something like, oh, yeah, wow. Not symmetric. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess that's, that's some what. some Picasso abstract <laughs> face. Right. right. But that's still beautiful though. No, but think about it. Like a perfect circle is more beautiful than like a fucked up circle, like mm-hmm. a circle that's like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You like find so many beautiful. Not, not equal on both sides. Not equal. Yeah. There's something about that. 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, you find somebody beautiful, you know, you see a beautiful like person. Just like equal amount of zits on both sides of their face. Something like that. That's symmetry. You know, yeah. Like one zit on the left and then no zits on the right. Ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Two zits on the right. Yeah. Two zits on now the left. We are, now we're talking. Equal. Better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Equality is beautiful <laughs> in zits. Oh, no. Um, okay, back to my example. You find somebody beautiful, symmetrical face, and then they open their mouth. And I think guys can relate to this, right? Girls and, and can too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, okay, we'll, we'll get into why that's interesting because I just thought of something. Because I feel like when guys see a beautiful woman and they open their mouths and it's, a, it's you know, certain aspects of their personality, it's kind of like maybe like she's more ditzy. I feel like for guys, they find that more attractive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess in a more general way, yeah, you could totally like, you, you find somebody beautiful and then there's certain aspects of their personality that kind of turn you off. Maybe they're rude, maybe they're too loud, you know, and then they become ugly. You guys experienced something like that before? Yeah. I, like I'll say, I'm definitely very like personality. Like once, once I get to, to, to know someone, it just... It's always very hard for me to be objective about like looks. Yeah. If anything, I have to work at being objective about looks. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, just I just can't separate it. Like once. Yeah. I see the personality, like it affects whether positively or negatively. Yeah. And I just, like, for when I'm oh, having a conversation so to, uh, to someone all all about it. Yeah. Like I think I, actually Jay was the one who like. Be like, okay, but objectively, like just looks, not don't worry about personality. It's funny that you have to like make those rules because (laughs) everything else like plays into it. Yeah, like in my head, I'm just so because I don't know, like I guess like I just grew up like just reading people and like just having to like understand, like, okay, yeah, what's the situation, like what's the power balance, blah blah blah. Yeah, so it's just so hard for me to separate. So I'm definitely very on that end of like. Personality look. What about you, Jay? When I met my husband, um, I was in high school. And, you know, I'm sure everyone who is listening right now is going to relate to this if you're a girl. Um, Do you know those girls in high school where, like, there's two best friends and one is the one that's, like, always dealing with the other one's problems Mm. and the other one's, like, probably the hotter one? Yeah. And it's just, like, a lot of insecurities on her part and they're just part of this team. So I was the less hot one of my best friendship. Okay. And um, when me and Yanu met, uh, I had had a bet with my friend about who could get his number, and I got it. And then Dang. later, when we were in school and people started finding out that we were into each other, Yanu had friends that was like, yo, her best friend is into you too. Why are you going for her, for oh. Juliana? You should go for her friend. Yeah. And yeah, well, I might, like I totally would have had that perspective. I'm, I'm very much like choose the harder one. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> make your life easier on that kind of whatever, dude. Yeah. I just, I like, I just can't, man. Like, I just, yeah. it, like, it's so intertwined. Yeah. To be fair, my glow up is immaculate. You'll also wear hot then. Okay. Like, like it just is part of it. Like, yeah. so me, like in my head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I think it changes now. Because now we talk about like 
like people becoming less beautiful because their personality sucks. Exactly. Like in terms of attraction, getting you into a relationship, beauty is not going to sustain the relationship in such a real way. Like dating a high maintenance woman who's going to make your life miserable and who you will not have effective communication with. Well, they say over time, the beauty will, she'll she'll turn into somebody that's quite ugly. Yeah. Because of her personality. Yeah. Right. And that's so real. Yeah. Okay. So then now it works the other way too. So ugly people, if their personality is really good, right, they become more attractive to you. And I think that's something we can all kind of relate to, especially like there's a group of guys in high school and these guys typically don't perform well socially in high school <laughs> mm-hmm. when it comes to like attraction. And that's a kind of person that's just attracted to, that just loves people. So you're attracted to, to nice people, right? So anytime a girl's talking to you and she's very nice and she, mm-hmm. she could just be being nice, you know, you, you find yourself instantly gravitating to those kinds of, of people. Sucks if that person doesn't like you. You know, and then they find very nice ways of sort of shutting you down. So I think that's an issue too. Just kind of, if, if I feel like it can be problematic if you base your attraction on personality, because what if like the person's just being nice? It's so weird how like fucking emotions mm-hmm. tie into um, like beauty. Mm-hmm. Like Dude, it's it makes just me not think a of the opposite though. Yeah. Like I had so many girlfriends. Especially in high school. And you grow up and you choose your friends and you get to be friends with way better people. But in high school, when you're stuck with all the shitty people still, you see all these girls dating trash guys. No, actually, that happens after high school too. But they're really hot. (laughs) And they kind of like, I feel like girls like can like the emotional less attractiveness yeah. Like the bullying almost, or I don't know, like mm. maybe just being attracted, socialized into liking hyper-masculinity. Yeah. An alpha type. Yeah. Like you can still be hot and trash and people will like you. Yeah. Or you can be <laughs> ugly, but have a very abrasive kind of like hyper-masculine personality. And then that still kind of attracts people the to you yeah. that way. That kind of like... I don't care. Yeah. My appearance is almost subsidiary to everything else about me. There, there are people like that too. evidence of my toughness and a my kind scars of, absolutely. and lack of care. And that's a, that's a thing that, and I just thought of this now, that's a thing that like culturally speaking, historically, men didn't used to take care of themselves in, in such a way it meant that like it wasn't up to the guy, like because now we're in a metrosexual era. Mm-hmm. It wasn't up to the guy to like really groom himself yeah. to attract women. It was more of a rugged kind of uh, I am who I am yeah, kind just, of man. Just calluses everywhere. Yeah. I, can, yeah. <laughs> I work Ew. with my hands. You know, I smell bad. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and she would love you anyway. My male musk. You know what I mean? And But uh, yeah, I guess that's sort of yeah. an interesting thing that now men that we, we've sort of gave up that power I, you know, so we're just trying to be cute too. Just trying to be cute. (laughs) Okay. I'm into it. I want to see pretty men. (laughs) Like when I see dudes who wear makeup in in public. Oh my god! I don't assume they're gay. The opposite. Like I'm really into it. I'm trying. I miss that. I, I, in a way, I, I mourn the death of like. The, the, the oh, masculine guys, that's man. not bad. You, like, <laughs> honestly. You just and, like, miss high school, bro. <laughs> no, when I, give, when I give advice to my friends, you know, about, you know, worried about their appearance, yeah. you know, when, I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, dress rough. 
Dress tough. All Come your as you are. friends or just your guy friends? Sort of my guy friends, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just trying to help ugly men here. Perhaps <laughs> there's a different way you can come across. But I think what I like about it, though, is like for so long, girls have been putting in so much work to like be attractive. Just in terms of like waking up early, blow drying your hair, putting on makeup, which like I think when you get older, you get over more. But when I see guys who are like having to put in as much effort, yeah, it's kind of sexy. Yeah, like it's kind of like so maybe whoa, like the equality. balance of power has Yum. changed now. So yeah. now slowly like yeah, and I think huh. I'm kind of over like the media, like you know, women are so sexualized, and when I I don't think this is right, maybe yeah. But the more that we like sexualize men, honestly, the more that equality is being achieved. You think ironically? so? Ironically, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. So I guess metrosexuality in and of itself is just the, the I mean, women you can still be masculine and power. put in an effort. Yeah. Like you can still like clip your nails and do all that kind of chop things. down a log. I don't get know. Get a manicure. It could also just be like the get a manicure. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> it could just Talk also about it, be Tolo. like the the economy and sort of like the commodification of beauty, like now on TV and adverts and so the people that we idolize in media, they often, especially men, they often appear quite well-dressed and hair a certain style. And, you know, well, so, so that has influenced how men sort of see themselves aesthetically in, in, in culture. I'll tell you what hit, hit me. Uh, I can't remember what producer it was or what artist it was at some big, you know, awards ceremony was playing the piano yeah and the you know 4k ultra hd camera zoomed in on his fingers yeah and they were just so well kept just <laughs> wow. like you know manicure just done and like looked nice with the gloss of the piano too and everything then i looked at my bum ass fingers and i was like Damn. If anyone were to zoom in on, on me playing piano, that yeah. shit would sound more trash. I'm, right? I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> damn. But, but then again, you find somebody like me that's looking for like the trash hands because you're a man. And why the hell should you keep yeah, taking care of Yeah, but I'm playing R&B, not blues. Damn. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, but it's just. Like I'm not like expressing sorrow. Like I'm out here playing yeah. like a love song. But like, you're like, I, mm, you're, I think you're onto something there because the sexy hands sell. Right, yeah, so exactly. that's what, well. I'm listening thing. to this, and I'm thinking it's funny because beauty is so different based on who you talk to. Like you're talking about your polished fingernails, and I'm like, damn, you know, like show me them nice shiny fingers, boy. But I have friends who would see a guy who gets their nails done and like, yeah, instant gross, turn off, yeah, stay away. I don't want him stealing my stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like attractiveness is as much physicality as it is just like a vibe. And like you yeah. choose the vibe. And the vibe is probably formed based on childhood. S- certain yeah, I don't know. things that like yeah, sure. things things that you like. and culture. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I- Ianu would talk about like um, he liked women that like were rounder. And I've grown up in a culture of white women who are constantly obsessing about being bigger than their bone size. Like you just want to be the bone structure that you were born with and yeah. nothing more. Like you want, if like a light wind comes in that like you might topple over, like that's you know, the kind of that thing like I've grown up with. Malaria Kwashoka look. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what white women are after. Yeah. 
it, it's so weird though because like if if you think about the where we are now, um, with like Kim Kardashian and things like that, yeah, that's kind of moving people oh, into this place gosh. that having a curvier build Can is. I just tell you, is sexy on Bring It On, which I was just watching the other night on Netflix. Shout out Netflix. Um, they were there was this girl who looked like perfect body today type, like total Kim K curvy, like slim thick. And then this trainer comes in and it's like, you're fat. Your butt is disgusting. Like you are a fat whore and everyone else is like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what? (laughs) How? Yeah. Okay. How did we stray so far from God's grace? You know, (laughs) but like bulimia isn't sexy. We can can mourn that. We can mourn that. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) But like it's, it's when you talk about models and stuff, but okay. Let's try to move away from this idea of beauty as it just relates to like attraction. So we can talk about beauty as it relates to things like nature and art and stuff like that. And what do you think of this? Like when we sort of think about how beauty ties into our emotions, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes you have to be in the mood to -hmm. experience art or Mm -hmm. to take in nature. Like you can be walking down the street and you're thinking about your, your work or your mother or your girlfriend and then you fail to see like the beautiful elm tree or like there's a flock of birds flying or like there's somebody's garden or like there's a puppy that's running away from like life. And I, not to sound too sentimental, life is pretty beautiful. Yeah. But because of how we, our life is also full of distractions yeah. and stress. Mm-hmm. It sort of hinders us in a way and it forces us to have to let that side of ourselves go and enter this observational state just to experience beauty, experience beauty in the world. All of this, just to say that our emotions are are so tied into how we think, how beautiful we we actually, how willing we are to participate in, in beauty contextually. And the beauty that's around us. Yeah. Have you guys had any sort of moment where like for just a second you forgot about your stress and then you, like suddenly became very aware of where you were and like, wow, this is actually like gorgeous. Dude, literally all the time. Yeah. People that can't do that. I have a hard time being around. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is, that's very true. People like, sometimes it's like, dude, shut up. Look at the waterfall. Like, (laughs) well, I'll say I had more of an appreciation for it when I came back to BC after Mm. moving to Edmonton. Mm. Cause like, from our high school, you can see like the mountains. Never noticed that once in my entire time at the high school for five years. Oh. But then coming back and also, you know, being outdoors more, doing more outdoorsy things and just uh, also with the stress of university yeah. and having like, no, because like high school was fun. Like there was always, you know, I never really had to. I don't know. I, I just feel like I had more reason to look for beauty yeah. when my emotion was, you know, stress was high really? stress. So then so when it, I would come you wanted back, to escape. Yeah, so exactly. So yeah. then when I would come back to BC from Edmonton, it was like an escape. Yeah. And in this escape, oh man, I was why why did I just looking for yeah. you know the beauty of nature? So yeah. I see the mountains, I see mm-hmm. you know the the stars. Like my thing is late night. Mm. Just pitch quiet, no cars, maybe the one on, uh, you know, one odd car. 
and you look up and it's just stars yeah. just all over the skies. And it's like, you know, decent temperature where you can have maybe a hoodie or no no hoodie on. Yeah. Like that's just beautiful. Yeah. Like everything else is pushed outside Out. of my, you know, mm-hmm. bubble. Yeah. And the only thing in my bubble is me and nature. In nature. Yeah. That's, that's my that's, like zen. That's deep as hell. <laughs> I mean, like last weekend, uh, we uh, we we went to we visited a church, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's sort of a very classically built uh, church a, uh, with monastery? the monastery, monk monastery, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Juliana took us there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I felt like entering there. There was a, a, a half a second where I thought, "Wow, this is crazy." And then the smartphone came out, and I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> sort of let everybody know how my day was going. I see beauty, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> Look how aesthetically like appreciative I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like that's like another thing that's commodified in our culture. Oh my gosh. Even you saying that, I'm thinking about how music videos are turning right now. Mm. Like, do you remember when we were younger, like early 2000 to, into like the 2010s, music videos were really around like plots yeah. and stories. Very true. And these relationships. And now when you see like a lot of these music videos and art, it's really focused on aesthetic, mm-hmm. like what the image looks like. Yeah. In, in fact, there's even some music videos that, ha- that have no plot at all. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's just, an, it's just, it's just a visuals. random collection. Yeah. Shout out Solange. You know and what I mean? Hype. With a song in the back. Yeah. You know, and you're like, and sometimes you're like, I don't know what I just saw, but that was pretty cool. It comes back to what Juliana said about a vibe. Yeah. Like, I feel like music videos nowadays curate a vibe so for example may, maybe with uh with nelly mm. or something you watch the music video from start to end this was back in the days when we would watch music videos on mtv not on on you know uh uh not on youtube and you watch it from start to finish you get the whole story yeah uh and then from the whole music video you get the vibe or the mood yeah but now with, with, with stuff nowadays Maybe you see a snippet, mm-hmm. but because of the visuals, you kind of get the same whole story. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is the vibe this guy's on. Is... There are songs you like more after you watch the, vi- Very the true. video. There's songs you like less after you watch the, <laughs> the uh, video. So true. It's like, oh, this is the bag I'm supposed to be in. Yeah. Eh, or... Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Plus, it kind of connects you, like it creates this connection to the artist. Because I feel like when a song kind of comes out, you, unless it's like very lyrically, lyrically inherent, what the person is trying to say, mm-hmm. or lyrically obvious, sometimes you don't know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So then, seeing a video like makes yeah. you connect in that way. So it's like, oh, that's what you meant. Mm-hmm. That sucks. <laughs> and then also when what you, so I heard Troop. Yeah. By uh, by Toby Lou. Amazing song. Mm-hmm. And what I pictured it to be when I went to watch the video was what it was. Yeah. And I feel like when you get that like yeah. connection of totally here's the vibe it made me feel. And then yeah. you get the video and then the video is that vibe. It's just like, Sexy. oh my goodness. Boom. Wow. Connection. Guys. I, I, like I supposed to, sorry, Scissors music video for The weekend. Oh, how disappointing. That song was a whole like like it invoked so many different SZA has cool aesthetics she does like the one with Travis she Scott does. Yeah. That was yeah. and she has an amazing one but and the, one with the Kendrick only Lamar. one I'm disappointed by is The Weeknd hmm. 
That Which was a banger. Amazing song, amazing conversations, amazing things, and boom, the video comes out and she's just in the parking lot. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> you know, like that wasn't where I was at. Yeah. I was maybe right. on the set uh, uh, of like a, uh, of Insecure, the uh, song with, with uh, Bryson Tiller, like just like in a house party somewhere or like in a house with, with like someone like. I wasn't just in a parking lot by myself yeah. doing creative interpretations mm-hmm. like with my body. Yeah. I mean, like while we're on this kind of music video path, um, This Is America, mm. Childish Gambino. Oh, man. Like that's a Don't song where the video, oh, I mean, man. the song oh, already was quite politically clear. Oh, man. But the video took it to another Not level. Again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, yeah. that really, uh, you know, it connected people. Like well, it was people were and there's at, something like, beautiful about like uh like a visual that like reads your mind like it tells mm-hmm. your mind's story mm-hmm. and like when a whole project is like comes together and it has like I, I don't even, like I want to say beginning and finish but what I mean is like when all the right things are like in the circle yeah and all of that's there and that's beautiful yeah like full project works that are completed yeah okay I had an idea of like a segment. Okay. I'm thinking like, you know, we're talking about um, like what's beautiful, physical attraction versus vibe. And I wanted to like ask you guys about some celebrities and then you'll tell me their physical versus their vibe and what is attractive about it. Okay. Or okay. not attractive. Let's play. Okay. Let's start Ariana Grande. Physically beautiful. So the the question is comparing her vibe versus her physicality uh, and oh, what right. is beautiful about it or not beautiful about it okay okay um i guess from an attractive point of view she's very attraction point of view she's very kind of cute you mm-hmm. know very like kind of small and like right. you know look at me go right but her <laughs> you know but her vibe these days Please. it's almost like a girl power fierce kind of thing like yeah. i'm here to kind of conquer the world yeah diva vibe yeah you yeah. know what i mean which is it kind of creates this i feel like emotional kind of juxtaposition in a way because yeah. she's supposed to kind of be kind of be cute and yeah I date black guys <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah yeah what do you say uh for me i'm with it because c- c- i knew her from was it disney or nickelodeon that she was on and uh yeah, it was kind of like this like childish vibe. I was like, eh. But, you know, like what was that album we, we listened to Jay on the drive back from Edmonton a couple of years ago? Oh. Um, and it was just all yeah. bangers. Like I, I I like the... The one with the white hair and the ponytail. The, uh, the uh, diva, the diva look with the bad chick vibes. Like with her, the look and and vibes are a match for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys think of Zoe de Chanel? Oh. Um Okay, well, I only know her uh from her work. Yeah, New on Girl. New Girl. And there she kind of plays a ditzy, like happy go lucky <laughs> kind of like, you know, yeah. the world is kind of happening to me, but I'm gonna, you know, accept it whatever way. Mm-hmm. Um, but her like, are we talking about her, the character from her new, vibe? New no, girl? just yeah. That, however you understand yeah, her, that yeah. however be, you conceptualize her. To speak to, yeah. yeah. Um, but her vibe, 
I, I'm not sure if I really know her, mm-hmm. her vibe. Okay. So, so now I'm thinking about her, like how attracted I am to her. I think it matches. Okay. I think she's she's one of those cases where like how she looks matches how she the, acts. The, yeah. the uh, vibe, and <laughs> yeah. based mm-hmm. on that, she's in a you know in a different category. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's sexy. I think nerdy is sexy. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. I was I was attracted to her. When I started watching that show, for sure. Oh, who's that guy that... Okay, on TikTok, there's this... Timothy Shelley. Okay? This guy is blowing up on, like, TikTok. And girls are, like, thinking he's so sexy. I have to show you a picture. Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. Okay. And what's your take on I don't see it. I do not see it. What is with these young girls being into wiry young men? <laughs> yeah, it's very Teen Wolf Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Versus like vampire someone like, vibes. Um, who's the Benedict Cumberbatch. Like girls think he's really sexy. And I don't think it's because like physically he's sexy. But his vibe is sexy because you see him on Sherlock. Wait, yeah. does this Timothy guy have an accent though? Yes. Okay. There we go. Boom. That, that's it. Because I looked at him and I was like, if an accent comes out of this guy's face, huh. I get it. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That was my only kind of I guess that's condition. like Benedict too, because he has the accent. Because it's a vibe that that's like, mm, I don't understand. So if it's foreign, yeah, it's kind of hype. Yeah. Like kind of oh. this, this idea of, you know, culture-based mm-hmm. attractiveness in a sense. Okay. Think about stuff this way. Do you think People that are more attractive, do they have more kind of social capital, you know, and and that they're, you know, life kind of works out for them in a way and and it's called the halo effect. Yeah. The halo effect is essentially like um, if someone is like physically looks good to you, then you assume good things from them. Versus, and that's like for a job interview, right? Like you're going to dress up, you're going to look good, you're going to, you want to come across well because yeah. then they'll put the halo effect on you. Versus it works the opposite way when you don't look really put together for an interview. Maybe you're wearing this, that, you know, maybe you look like Steve Jobs for how he looked all before <laughs> Apple. Yeah. And people are not going to treat you well. Yeah. Because you don't fit into their perception of what facilitates good or yeah. good behavior. See, I just looked up opposite. Of halo effect, mm-hmm. and I found horn effect, mm-hmm. and I can't read this all on the spot right now, so I might be completely off on what I'm about to say. But I feel like sometimes I have the opposite, where if I see someone that I know everyone else is like, uh, like just on whatever, yeah, I it just have a na- yeah, it just it automatically turns turns me off to where it's like, oh, like. And it comes, and it might come from just experiences of like seeing how that social capital has been abused in the past. Yeah. To where I'm like, okay, if I assume you're just, you know, balling with the looks and this, yeah, you kind of have more to prove in a way, mm-hmm. which, you know, I feel like. I mean, it's it's just attraction sells, mm-hmm. right? That's just where like I've I've I am a culprit of this when you're watching a movie. Or a show, and then you feel like they totally could have cast a more attractive person for this. And it sucks that I feel that way because many incredible actors aren't 
Mm. That, uh, in, in fact, some of the best actors aren't that, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, like, they know, there's not everybody has to look like Ashton Kutcher or, or something like Halle that. Berry. Or, you know? Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. But the <laughs> thing, and but like, how like wealth and the economy plays into like our understanding of beauty, that's been going on for so long mm-hmm. like you yeah. know the, the rich have always you know because of the way the economy works if you're beautiful you're going to sell stuff so you get more power that's mm-hmm. kind of just the way it is interesting fact and um did you know that when they used to paint the virgin mary she they would paint her with a certain color of blue and it was illegal to use that color whoa on any other painting if it wasn't you weren't painting a picture of the Virgin Mary. Interesting. Yeah. So, but because at the time, the church were the people in power. So they get to decide what's beautiful. Which is weird that, You know like, what I mean? So in this society, the people in power own all the media corporations mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So they decide that beautiful people, they're able to sell things. They sell shoes and boxers and music yeah. and movies and all that stuff. So those are the people that we're going to give a lot of power to. Yeah. You know, unless you kind of find yourself in a, in a kind of intellectual field, but then you have to work so much harder. You have yeah. to earn everything you, you make. I was going to say that permission is permissionless versus permission models. So previously, I would say yes to, to or I agree with that point where the people who controlled what was beautiful in the permission model, um, where they were gatekeepers. Uh, but right now, um, in a more permissionless model, um, I, I don't know if that really applies. Yes, I think to the average normal person, yes, you might think that way, but I'm not sure that um, there is that barrier of entry. But yeah, just a, a random point that, it, that I wanted to... It's that, like that, what I'm sort of like, okay. Like I get I that you up. can, you know, like when you're saying there's a permissionless model where like you don't have to look a certain way mm-hmm. or to follow a certain kind of trend for you to, to like gain some kind of power in society. But that being said, it's either beauty or it's money and power. You know what I mean? In you, a sense, they. I mean, so if you're I, ugly I the, uh, and you gay, don't have any money and power, I yeah. guess you better be like really smart or really lucky. <laughs> I think it's a competence. You, you just need to be really competent. So think of this example: smart, pretty guy, smart, ugly guy. <laughs> I I feel like there's no example that makes that clear. Okay. Yeah, when you're smart and good looking, you're screwed. But honestly, if you're sm- <laughs> if you're good looking and not smart, then like. I feel like your life's going to suck because people are going to exploit the crap out of you. And I feel like we see that a lot. Like, I feel like one of the first examples of it, like in modern history is like with Marilyn Monroe, where like she was a foster kid or like she didn't have any parents. She was jumping house to house. And then the industry just like used the crap out of her. Like they were, she was always the least paid person like on sets and stuff. And always her co-stars were making like tons more money than her. And, like, she ended up, like, didn't she commit suicide? Like, Marilyn um, Monroe? A, a very, very horrendous. Or an overdose like, or something. Like, she life. was just so used. And I feel like I see it still today. Like, these girls, if they're pretty and they're naive, you're screwed. Like, 
there's so many bad things that people are going to do to you. Unless you have a kind of, I think, personal awareness that can kind of, uh, if, if like that's the, the way you understand yourself part. is based on other things other than the fact that yeah, you're attracted. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know, but right? I think that people like innately want to like possess beauty. Yeah. Like as if you own the beautiful thing, then somehow that makes you more powerful because people want and desire the beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're talking about, you know, how beauty can give you a kind of social power. Um, in that case, if we understand beauty culturally, it's an exclusive thing. It, it exists in such a way that it shuts people out. You don't belong to this group. You're going to have to find some other way of getting in. You better be really smart. Or you better be really lucky. Mm-hmm. But if you don't sort of fit into the picture, like... And, and that's the way it is for anything. Oftentimes, even for, for, for companies, they can use a kind of figurehead that looks a little better mm-hmm. than the original guy that came up with the idea. Uh, maybe even the case of um, maybe Steve Jobs did look better than everybody else. So he gets to be the guy mm-hmm. that like everybody relates to when I'm sure there's probably tons of other people that have a, a, a maybe even bigger say in what kind of happens there. He just happens to be, and he doesn't even have to be like physically attractive. The way he is, his charisma, yeah, his attitude, that well, makes him the guy. In his right? case, he actually like, you know, worked. <laughs> but there are No, ca- he's described uh, as being uh, really cases, like, he smelled right. so bad. Yeah. And like, he was really like a horrible person but to be he, around as like, well. was able <laughs> yeah. to yeah. make that call to be like, I don't like, it doesn't matter what y'all say about me. I'm yeah. making this speech. Yeah. But you are right in that there are <laughs> companies where yeah. it's like oh we need they, they said all the time we need a face yeah for a bigger head yeah this yeah. company where the, the person might, might just you know get a script and yeah. just come out and, and read it yeah but because of the because of who the company is trying to target and mm. trying to attract and that's what i think it comes down to too is just just this attraction to likeness yeah so in a situation where again, certain type of people are on top, then it's the first barrier. Yeah. It's the first thing is to look. Yeah. So if I'm in a room with, uh, you know, with 20 people and we're supposed to get into random groups, we've got to do this for some of our jobs. Yeah. With, with the child care or, or with the city. You choose people that kind of look like you. You just kind of, you know, okay, like I, yeah. I kind of get the, the, the vibe. Sometimes you, you choose three people who maybe that's, who represents your friend group. But even then, if you're not really sure, you know, will they get me like my friend group does? You know what? Yeah. I'll just go with people that at least I feel like in the same thing. And yeah, like I, like typically all the black people in the room are typically, you know, in the same group. Yeah. Because we just... Because like, black is beautiful. <laughs> or like even when we come into the room, we kind of sit around each other. And, yeah. And, 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 like... And, and that kind of thing. So then when a certain, you know, uh, a group or media or whatever, then are the gatekeeper or hold the, you know, the currency or have the means and the resources, they kind of get, it's just, they, it is easiest just to pick the people more like them. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I feel like, in pop culture, yes, it is, you know, the quote-unquote hot pee people. Yeah. But there also are, you know... Think about uh, even... Sub-cultures where it yeah. is like, oh, like, 
if you're hot and you're trying to be a part of this group, they don't really mm-hmm. want that because like they just like you kind of have to prove yourself to be like I would say even sometimes in a, in a tech like in dev, if there's like like I know in Comsci, like in some of the classes I took, like if there's like a really good law looking guy, yeah, you're kind of not sure if he's just kind of taking the class for credits because he's an athlete or like if he's like you're not really sure. Yeah. And yeah. then he starts to speak and starts to do projects and like, oh, like, okay, I guess this guy kind of is cool. <laughs> Where you don't have that like first thought with other people you'll see because you're like, oh, yeah, he must be a introverted comp psych kid. Yeah. I mean, like, I I understand what you're saying and, and I'll latch onto a point there mm-hmm. where you said that it's the first thing, the, the first means in which people kind of relate to you. Yeah. And uh, if you don't win them that way, then I guess people will hyper-focus on, on other things you bring to the on table. The next thing, yeah. I don't know if we want to create a kind of value system where, mm-hmm. like, we value you more for what's in your mind mm-hmm. rather than how you look like and I'm not trying to say Why that. Not? No, no, no. I'm not trying to create because, like, honestly, like if if you like culturally, if you just consider the way money works, mm-hmm. right? It's just always going to go to the guy that can that can sell it more. But mm-hmm. even think about like politics, mm-hmm. right? They, there was a study that came out years ago, and it said that a lot of most presidents that get elected are like at least six feet tall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever seen like a like a diminutive, like a diminutive kind of president, like a guy that's like like in the states, super short, yeah, like in the west, something like that. Okay. You know, think about like Justin Trudeau and how he's a kind of pretty boy. Not saying that's how he got the job, it's but I'm saying it eases momentum. the blow a little bit. I think yeah. people even become a little bit more res- receptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want to listen to your ad- ideas a little more. Well, I think you also play to your strengths. Like I think, I mean. Bernie never won. Yeah. You know, it it isn't even in the case still, but I feel like for his campaign, they probably won't go with the looks, with the looks campaign. (laughs) Where, yeah. Whereas with Hillary Clinton, god damn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, the looks then just is a, you know, it's a good, valuable currency to pull out. Yeah. Halo effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, there's, there's, of course, there's progressive ideas of this thing. And it's, we try to understand beauty as we, we hope that the, the means in which we accept people into our circles and mm-hmm. accept their ideas doesn't just fall on that, but it happens. You know, you talked about experiences, even in school and class, like that sort of first initial engagement. Yeah. That's just, it's the first line of defense, right? No. Yeah. Um, that, that sounds great. The only thing I was going to say was that um, with the idea of beauty being tied to wealth, um, I would totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, but I would say the evidence for beauty being closely correlated with wealth for this day and age is not, there's no evidence for, for that. Um, I'll give examples of Vitalik, the guy who created like uh, Ethereum. Um, I'm not saying he's not beautiful, uh, <laughs> but I would say with the new, like, like with the new age, I guess it's not pop, it's not in popular culture, uh, but there is a sort of like egalitarian move. Um, and I think it's more accessible to anyone. Yeah. The wealth that we've like 
we're sort of like are experiencing right now. There's yeah. there's a descent there's a dis uh, there's a decentralization of of wealth from from beauty. That makes me think of even like representation. Like that's something Beyonce talks about a lot. And like with all like especially with the Black Lives Matter movement and before that too. But they talked a lot about how black people aren't being represented in the media. And how can you know if you're beautiful if you're not being represented? Because so much of like what is beautiful is what the culture decides is, is beautiful. In the culture. Versus like 10, 15 years ago when skinny white girls were it. And now it's like dark, thick chicks. <laughs> and we're choosing what gets represented. Yeah. And I think that's what's really interesting about social media is now where it's like these few people used to have all the power to decide. Like we're putting out the images that everyone's seeing more than we ever have before. Yeah. So representation gets to change a lot when everyone gets a say. Yeah. It's um But there's some things I feel like you can't help. Like like I'm always gonna find abs sexy. Like I just am. And I don't know why, I don't know how to explain that, but if you have a six pack, like that's cute. There's probably an evolutionary biology uh biology explanation for that on why women will find guys with abs sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm trying to move away from this idea of understanding beauty as it relates to people, but I understand why that's so like attractive to us. But let's try to talk about beauty, at least uh, um, conceptually, as it relates to things in nature. I feel like then we can be a little bit more objective. I think if we focus on beauty as it relates to the culture... I still don't then even think in terms of environment we can. Because yeah. I love, like, I've traveled not to a ton of countries, but, like, a few. And whenever I come home to Vancouver and I see the Pacific Northwest, I see the trees, the pines, the mountains, the ocean. Like, I feel like this is, like, it's the most beautiful place in the world. Yeah. And I was actually just, okay, I, I have TikTok. Okay, you caught me. <laughs> but I was watching this TikTok video where this girl was like, it was my dream to take my dad to paradise. And I took him to Hawaii and I gave him all these amazing things. And then a couple of years later, I went with him to his hometown in Korea. And that's when I realized that paradise isn't just the environment. Like it's what it holds for you. Yeah. So beauty, literally, I feel like there's no way we can quantify it in terms of like, like the only thing you can summarize it as is personal opinion, because even you in can, nature, yeah, 100%. like you can you can see like a tiger in the jungle, and I guess some people can try to deny that like tigers are beautiful and people can have like personal experiences about that. But I think there's a certain kind of commonality, you know, that like it, you're trying you to make it more cats. inclusive, right? Maybe you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you know, it's making me think of when I took a few of my friends on a hike yeah. and I think that hikes are beautiful, but they couldn't breathe over their like asthma. Yeah. And you know, the view for me is much more rewarding than it was for them. Yeah. And I feel like you can't help but tie the experience to it. Like when you look at a tiger, you're going to project your experience onto yeah. it. When you go on a hike, you're going to project your... Yeah. Well, the title of this it. episode is that maybe beauty is dead. And I was trying to focus on maybe beauty is dead in culture. But maybe if we focus on nature and the abstract, we can all find areas in which we all agree. But like maybe what you're saying is that perhaps there's other aspects of things about art and nature and animals and all that stuff that we find more exciting and more interesting than just the aesthetics of it. 
So like maybe we're never going to agree. Like I, I mean, I see like a tiger and I think that like, yeah, 90% of people should be able to agree that like tigers are scary, yeah. but that's a beautiful, natural Joe Exotic thing. agrees with you, man. Don't right. worry. You and Joe Exotic but are one like, the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> you know, or like we can, you know, we can sort of like, and there's this, this sort of idea that Schopenhauer has, and, and I, I love it so much because he's an existentialist and that's who I am. He says that in a world where our will is constantly striving for things, there are moments where we can suspend our will and uh, experience things in a very detached way. So we're taking a hike and we see a waterfall and everybody like, let's go. Like we talked about this earlier, everybody mm-hmm. let's go of all the biases and all this stuff and you can just like, be in that moment and experience that beauty. He's saying that like even the hardest soul at some point, you need to be able to say that this is a beautiful quote unquote experience. Here's what I think that is. I don't always think that it's the physicality of what's beautiful. And it goes back to vibe. When I read Frankenstein in high school, my teacher talked a lot about the sublime and whenever there was stress or high tension, the protagonist would go into nature to experience the sublime. And the sublime is essentially this thing, this power that's bigger than you, that thing that you're talking about that you give it up to. And I think that when you get into nature, you can choose to experience the sublime, which is that there's all these things that I had no control over. I didn't put these rocks here. I didn't make the waterfall like this. Culture can't. Yeah. Like we can't damage it, it in a way, yeah. right? It's like not it's like you can't go and look at a a tiger and be like that tiger has nicer abs than that tiger, so that tiger is gonna sell more like right. pictures than that, or, or maybe you can, but there's just sort of like this kind of aesthetic, a, a natural, pure appreciation for things that I feel like at least maybe in an abstract way. I'm just trying. To, I'm, honestly, I, I'm curious what as to what people think. Like in nature, surely there are things that everybody should agree are beautiful. And it's like, if you introduce this idea of the sublime, we, you know, it's in an untouched, uh, in, in an unattached way, detached way, we can all experience it. And, and those are the things that kind of bring us together, right? Yeah, I, I would say subculturally, we all, or in different subcultures, we, we have things that we define as beautiful. Um, and... On a larger scale, sometimes uh, subculturally, um, there will be different like cultures that define or say, "Yeah, this is beautiful. This is all beautiful," and and we agree and we can form like a consensus on on what we think. Yeah, uh, what we think is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, think about. I mean, Schopenhauer famously said that that's why people are like so obsessed with views. I mean, even in our culture, like people often buy apartments that has nicer views. Those those houses, those properties are worth more money. And that's, again, like the commodification of it. But still, why do we put such a high precedence on things like that? It's because briefly, for a moment, as you're going through your shitty life, you pass your, <laughs> your, your living room and you see that and you get to escape for a minute, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, it's... Um, but then what do you think about this? Um, in the age of smartphones and things, maybe our children won't have as much appreciation for those things as we do. I feel like they might have more. You think so? I mean, it's... it's 
because they're not going to be able to like take their head away from their smartphone for 10 seconds. And Yeah, so which makes, I mean, again, just a theory, but if it, it almost makes it cooler in a way and even things that if you're, you know, outside all the time, like there are things maybe in nature and in hikes that you, Jim, I take for granted because like that's just on a normal part of it. And for someone who really goes out, it's like, whoa, like this is actually really sick. Like it's amazing how, you know, dead out this is there or, you know, the uh, plants that are all one sided and purple. And it's like, holy cow. And it's something that maybe you're so used to a scene that you're just, you know, when I get to the top of the the hike and I see the view, then it'll be where that. So I think there is. Makes me think of when we were driving back from Whistler and you were like, whoa, that looks like my desktop saver. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That's not very detached, is it? <laughs> well, well, well very no. Much I, like, like, I mean, in that sense, it, yes, it is connected and attached to, you know, to the screen or, or that. But the question was, will there be less appreciation? And I think that is still an appreciation because the interpretation can be di- different and we can talk about that. But in terms of just like, this is something I'm dry, driving past for many kilometers. Yeah. Like it, I could, oh, this, you know, this, this looks just like the, uh, the picture of the eagle on my grandpa's wall. Yeah. But holy cow, this is like the actual eagle and it's way bigger, way yeah. more beautiful, way more elegant, way more blah, blah. Yeah. So the connection piece might be different, I, but I think the, the appreciation can still be, be the same, yeah. And Not every, the same, but be there. Like everything that you find beautiful is because it's it's attached to something for you. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's always going to be. Yeah. And maybe then too, then media gives you a greater appreciation for it because maybe you see this on your screen constantly. And then when you get to be there, you're part of it. You can't believe it's not just something there. you're yeah. seeing. Like so you young are children part of it. can't experience beauty because like I feel like a little kid maybe like can't make the connection of like uh desktop computer or I saw this in the in like my social media. It's just the little three year old kid that sees a mountain, can't really explain why, but like has this kind of aesthetic attraction to it for some well, reason. Well I, I think about when I went on road trips growing up across the West Coast and we would do we would see the Grand Canyon, we would go and do all these things. And what made it beautiful for me was that my dad, who I loved, was looking at me like, this is so exciting. And then I'm like, yeah, you're right, dad. This is so exciting. Yeah. But if I was a little kid and I went with someone who was like, this ain't shit, then I probably would have been like, yeah, I guess this ain't shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, like, I mean, I guess the hope is that you grow up and then go back. Because like I said, like I gain a lot of appreciation for nature like well after, you know, 18. And by being around someone who knew how to appreciate it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that we're kind of running over here, but the last idea, I feel like I have to get to this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, and, we, and it doesn't have to be uh, broad, but um, the beautiful soul. And uh, so we've tried to understand beauty, I think in various ways as it relates to aesthetic attraction to people, perhaps a more detached uh, appreciation for nature, um, but you know, when, when we kind of think of 
the way we understand individuals, you know, maybe a more spiritual concept of the soul, what, what do you, you know, in sort of concluding remarks, what does that make you think of the, the beautiful soul? Man, I, I don't know. I want to say just the way I in- interpret that just on first listen is just inner peace. Yeah. And I might redefine that based on what you guys say. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to hear you say that because when I think of the beautiful soul, I the first thing that comes to mind is like everyone's effort and um, desire to meet their partner like their beautiful soul that they're going to connect with that's going to mm, complete them. It's a personal thing. Yeah. And um, I'm married. So like- You found your beautiful soul. My beautiful soul. I'm like, wow. Like, I don't I, I don't know what everyone else experiences, but like on my wedding day and after my wedding day, I was constantly like in awe of my partner just being like, Wow, they're so beautiful. Like, there's just so many beautiful things about you. And that goes away. Oh, yeah. Oh, it goes away. <laughs> but it comes back and you choose it. I don't know. There are I those feel moments. like you choose to see beauty. Yeah. And the beautiful soul, it doesn't just exist in a bubble. Well, yeah. Or what's the like word for that when there's like no air, a vacuum? <laughs> but it fluctuates and that's part of what's good about yeah. being human. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so I guess I'll sort of say the final remarks on it. I think. Oftentimes you meet people and whether they are classically attractive or not, you have conversations with them and it's something you say. It's like, man, that guy has a really like, he has a good heart. You don't know him, you know, you just, maybe you just talk to him briefly for 30 minutes. That guy has a, you have a beautiful soul, man. So I think I'm more interested in like those examples Mm -hmm. because we can't really define it. And I think it's because, um, and this is just off the rip. (laughs) <laughs> like you see such a person has really spent their time cultivating like really good habits, mm-hmm. I guess, a, a really good worldview that is genuine, that is authentic. In. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that sort of ties into it. And I think in a, in a sort of morally uh, sort of like a decreasing era where like, you know, in a Trump era, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think ideas of the beautiful soul is kind of outdated and maybe nobody thinks about it that way and maybe it's gone. But I do think there's there's something special there and maybe it can help us uh, further understand uh, beauty. Um, but yeah, that like kind of brings us to the end, I think, of this discussion. It was mm-hmm. took us places. I learned some things about you guys, I think. <laughs> I, I learned some you. things about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so I think we have a little bit of time to do something that we like to do on the last train to end our episodes. I uh, I throw a random question out there. Usually it has something to do with the conversation we just had. Uh, we each uh, say our minds, speak our minds, and uh, we go home. <laughs> so this week the question is, you know, in relation to our conversation on beauty, um, talk about an experience you had. Uh, sort of an aesthetic experience where uh, you saw something beautiful and uh, it kind of took your breath away because I think that's where we can all kind of find some kind of inclusiveness. Um, Who wants to start? I can start. Uh, I have a couple. 
bunch of them include, you know, Juliana. But Whoa. Uh, mine is maybe more of a nostalgic uh, emotion reaction one of when I went back to Nigeria and I saw and I was back in the house I grew up in. But now everything was smaller. Yeah. It's like going back to like a playhouse almost. Because my memory of certain things were, you know, reaching up and climbing a stool to get there or hanging on something. And now I was just standing on the floor picking stuff up from all the top, <laughs> uh, top shelf. So it was kind of yeah. like this. It's like going into like a... It's like having memory of going into like an art ex- exhibit and then going into the next room, but everything is smaller. It was just this weird yeah. thing where I was, everything was in comparison to my memory and it just was beautiful. It was like, uh, because like I say, sometimes my time in Nigeria before moving to Canada sometimes feels like. Like another world, like another yeah, existence. Almost like it didn't happen. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like just a memory of a memory. And being back there was just, it was just beautiful. Like yeah. Everything just looked amazing. Just like, it wasn't like, you know, everything was, like it wasn't like a old crazy painting or whatever. It was just, it seemed to fill my heart more than, you know, seeing, uh, Certain things, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my that's a good that's one. My first example, because now I'm thinking of a second one, and that is when I see again just things that that are just beautiful that I just feel are beautiful is uh, paintings that uh, that aren't based on real world. Yeah. So paintings that. Could include, and you're gonna bring the, this up at the end with Chadwick, or that include Kobe, just things that are like, like it isn't real, but the like the emotions it brings out of me are real. Yeah, and I find things like that beautiful. Yeah, that's sort of making me think of like pictures <laughs> I've seen that like took me out of myself in you know that way. Mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Juliana, what you got? Um. Well, I like love organization and systems that are efficient. Like, I just think that's beautiful. Mm. Like a well-running thing. You're weird. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I'm thinking of one thing that I thought was really, like, it was the first thing that came to my mind because it was like an emotional memory. But I, it was when I was living in Edmonton and I was driving to see some of my best friends in Calgary and it was just me on the road and the sun was setting and you've got the prairies and there's just so much sky and so much rolling hills. And I've got like Madonna holiday playing holiday. And it was just yeah. like a whole vibe. And it like it brought me to like my childhood where like I grew up in Calgary and and then like the good vibes of just like knowing that I'm driving to see these people that I love. And it was it was beautiful. And I've seen a lot of beautiful things too. Damn. Uh, this is making me kind of cry a little bit. I'm kind of connecting <laughs> to something strange here. Um, take us home. Jesus. Uh, unless DT has a moment. Sure. I could uh, mention too. He's in the studio. Just popped in. I finished an audiobook by Andy Weir. Hmm. So there were two audiobooks back to back. 
And one was the Martian, the other one was Artemis. And the emotion those two stories kind of invoked in me where well, that was, was a, a very beautiful moment. I remember uh, just putting myself in the shoes of the protagonists. Um, that was uh, that was uh, very good. The other thing, which, and I, I'm actually ashamed to admit this on on podcast, but um, I think when I saw two Falcon Nine boosters land back on Earth, yeah. that was I I I shed a tear. I remember I was in class that moment, and our teacher like made a stop. Or rather, we're, we're taking uh, like a four-year Kamsai course. And uh, I'll teacher, uh, sort of uh, put it up or the stream for the first time when they were like making an attempt. And that was that was really, really amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's a that was sharp so insight into you, like your personality <laughs> in a way. That's so sick. Like Nerd. Seeing, right. <laughs> I was going to say that too. But say like. Nerd. <laughs> yeah, man. Just out of this world. Yeah, whatever. Cut, You're smarter than us. We get back, it. Back, back down. Okay, masters. <laughs> Toby. Oh my god, those are all pretty good. And I found myself like I was as I was listening to you guys, like, man, I'm how am I going to top that? If um, you don't find beauty in the intellect, Toby, you're losers like me and Annie. Damn. <laughs> damn. This, this building so many things. It, just, it doesn't just have to be that. But that's just my story. Yeah, that's very true. I can uh, set the bar low for you, babe. No, no, that's not okay. what I meant at all. Because I think when you go to Dunkin' Donuts and you see all those donuts oh get glazed, yeah. Oh, oh my I, god! I, I shed a tear. <laughs> um, I actually had a, and I've had a lot. And you're right. Like, there's just so many beautiful things out there to, to different people. Um, it was at my college graduation, and it was the valedictorian speech. Mm. Whoa. Which is weird how we can sort of like like an auditory thing mm-hmm. we can find beautiful, but that's just it's fascinating how the mind works. And typically valedictorians come out there and they want to be inspirational and um sometimes a little bit fake and a little bit obvious. And um I already didn't want to go to this thing. <laughs> I was just like just mail my thing to my house. It was a, I had a horrible time in university. I was just glad to be done with it. Um, but she came and she didn't try to like say any bullshit. She just sort of talked about how, and if it was genuine, you, you, I, I know it was genuine and I don't know her very well, but I could feel it in the room. And she talked about how, you know, the special place that the university had in her heart and how she was in a place where after she had lost her mother and she had lost her yeah. sister and she was in a dark place and entering this, this sort of community had, uh, it, the friends that she made in, um, at that school and in the faculty, um, they, they were there for her when she needed friends the most and, and sort of the way she ended it was that that's what's actually important in life. Uh, you know, kind of fuck the credentials, excuse my language, <laughs> I think I swore the most on this one. Uh, you know, screw Sexy. the credentials and the <laughs> all the other things and the noise. All that really matters is genuine, forming genuine connections with people. And me, probably the most stone-hearted person there who didn't even want to go, shed a tear at the valedictorian speech. That was beautiful as hell. Shout out to the valedictorian, man. Shout out. <laughs> um... But yeah, I guess that sort of takes us to the end of episode 10. We made it. We made it. 
Big Ten. Yeah, Big Ten. Ten, 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 ten. Oh, uh, ironic beauty. Ten out of ten. Oh, what? It's our dime episode. Philosophy major. I could have gone my whole life without putting that connection. (laughs) (laughs) But but it is interesting as we kind of work on this podcast, and in turn, this podcast kind of works on us. uh, The things that I've learned about myself and. how appreciative I've become of my friends and embarking in this journey with me. Um, Also, we want to make a remark about Chadwick Boseman, um, uh, actor of uh, people know him from Black Panther and 42, Um, incredible personality, incredible man. He inspired a lot of people. Rest in power. If you believe in heaven, if you believe in the afterlife, I hope that's where you went. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, uh, my name is Toby. I was joined here by Yanu, Juliana. So did. <laughs> and E.T. Thank you for, uh, for listening. Hope you had just as much fun as we did. Have a good evening, everyone. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh. Beautiful, beautiful, You're beautiful. beautiful. Oh. Last train. We're all beautiful. You're beautiful. It's a beautiful train. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Thank God I'm still alive. Grew up in a foreign town. No love to be found for the Muslim boy with the brown skin tone. The people made sure that this was known. A 9-11 bad terrorist all alone. All he ever did was keep to himself. You're listening to Let It Go by Cassius. That's Q-A-S-H-U-S. Check him out. To partying and all in between. Just to validate the hate from men who don't own made. And he goes against everything his parents to say. Falls into a rut. Can't seem to adjust The front he puts up No longer is enough So he sits at the edge of his bed Glock to his head Feel he'd rather be dead And let it all go And she feeling good A young cover girl with everything in front of her She ain't phased by the looks or the questions They just become routine interventions But the tensions and the stress to please Have got a one a man While she getting degrees So she tries to pick But she ain't good with the shit Here comes a man With a different plan He plays with her emotions And he's gone the next morning How could she be so foolish Thinking he could be loyal Now world breaks down So cold and unsound She takes it off And everything that kept her in bound Damn